Welcome back. This is episode number 24 of Music Speaks, sometimes very loud, with your host, Gonzo, the Rocket, and, as always, M48. Good evening, M48. Good evening, Gonzo. How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Um, you know, I uh, did a little something-something the other day, uh, Ooh. as far as far as the uh, the purchase department goes. Oh, we're going to have to wait. We're going to have to kind of share that little towards the end so we can make people kind of salivate for what's going on. But all I got to say is that it's pretty interesting. And I can't wait to capture that tone. That's going to be fun, fun, fun. Yeah, me too. And check out our unboxing video. We're going to post it on the YouTubes. Even if we have to <laughs> put the amp back in the box and make it look like it's being unboxed, that's People... <laughs> probably what we're gonna. That's probably what we're gonna end up doing. Yeah, don't don't even let me know. It's better. Ignorance is bliss on this one. Just do what you need to do with it. And when I come over to record, just act like, oh, oh yeah, it's like pull a pooner, man. Be like, hey, it's still in the box. Oh uh, yeah. Why is all this tape removed from it? Uh, I don't know. I don't. That's how it came. I'd be like, hey, you know what, Gonzo? Just mind your own business. <laughs> <laughs> mind your own goddamn business. And then today is October 29th. So as usual, vote or die. But like votes for whatever side you think is, you know, has your viewpoints. Because there's multiple views to this. It's not just Dems and Republicans. There's multiple parties. So make sure to have your vote and be heard. Have your vote and eat it too. There you go. It's like having your cake and eat it too, like that 8-bit band. Oh, man, they're awesome. Love them. So um, today we're going to talk about various objects. Um, I kind of ventured back into the Nirvana. I got back into the Nirvanas. They came out with a Black Album. I believe it was around 2008, 2010, where they released an unreleased track called You Know You're Right. It was from The Vault, uh, but Kurt Cobain kind of released... I mean, Nirvana released this real grungy, real, real cool song, but it it, it really kind of captured the era of like 2000 to 2010 because there wasn't really much in the forefront. That's, uh, you know, in 2010 through 2000, music was kind of pivoting. It was becoming more of the the Backstreet Boys, the Britney Spears, the more pop. You know, there was a big, you know, in the 60s, Elvis and the Beatles, and then we we're going into the 70s, Led Zeppelin, Queen. 80s, you know, Van Halen, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, and then 90s, you know, I mean, early 90s, Stevie Ray Vaughan, and all those guys were coming up. But in the 2000s, 2010, we had bands like Typo Negative, um, you know, it was it was different. So Nirvana releasing that song from the vault, it, it was cool because it kind of, it's kind of eerie. It's like a song from beyond the grave for, you know, per se, but... It, it was just, it was like the final, it was like the equivalent of the, the show must go on from Queen, but to Nirvana. We're just kind of capsulated. Yeah, like job well done, mission accomplished. So for those that haven't listened to that song, you know you're right. It's on Apple Music and all those famous platforms. But it's, it's definitely a good song to listen to if you kind of want to feel what 1992 felt like and what it should have felt like. So it was groovy stuff. Hmm, interesting it's a good song it, also on that album it's like a greatest hits so you have about a girl you have lithium you have smells like teen spirit which are really good songs have you heard the song lithium from nirvana yeah that's a great tune i mean it, it says a lot <laughs> there's a lot going on in that tune you know what i mean it's it's a it's a down-tuned song it's uh the guitarist tuned a whole step down across the board and so it's in d it's, it's in a- d yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, but you could play drop D and it just alternates the fingering. But yeah, a lithium is a really good Nirvana song, and it also has the man who sold the world their um, unplugged cover from MTV, which was which was a marvel within itself. That song was kind of it was known. Uh, David Bowie really made that song known, but I think Kurt Cobain exposed it to the masses. Yeah, I think yeah, you, you, I think you're right because that whole the whole series of MTV Unplugged. I mean, I wasn't around for that that era, but uh, I did. I've done a lot of like reading and research on it, and that kind of series that MTV had it really exposed and brought new, well, not new music, but it brought older music to more more of the light. Like um, same thing with um, like you're talking about Kurt Cobain. Um, same thing with uh, Eric Clapton Unplugged. Um, oh yes, he, that kind of re- revitalized his career. It also brought back the acoustic guitar because I don't because um, back in like you know the '80s, uh, mid '80s, and then the late '80s, it was all you know um, heavy distortion, you know um, the hair metal kind of glam era, and then fast forward a, a little bit to the early '90s, you had uh, Clapton come out with that uh, performance on MTV Unplugged where he played the entire uh, thing unplugged. He did some of his um, original songs like uh, Layla. He covered, he covered his own song. Yes. And he completely like, I, I, it gives me chills, man. When I hear the Layla version on unplugged. Yeah, dude, it, it was just, it was perfect. It was good. It was really good. It was like, you're right. He covered his own stuff, but it was like, it's different. But it he cool. also, and he also brought back blues. So he played, I think, maybe two Robert Johnson covers on that uh, album. And he played a uh, big Bill Brunsey tune. He played, um, what was that? Uh, it was a song. It's called San Francisco Bay Blues. It's by some some guy, uh, some old, some older, older blues guy. Um but yeah, you get the picture. Um, so it kind of brought back, you know, older, older blues uh, numbers for people to listen to. And then to back to the whole acoustic guitar thing. After that concert that Clapton did, uh, Martin guitar, the guitar company, like had a huge spike in their sales of acoustic guitars because a lot of people were wanting to pick up the acoustic guitar again because of that performance. I can see that. That was the first time I think I was exposed to Clapton with the MTV Unplugged series. Mm-hmm. And then when I know my brother picked up the greatest hits where he re- he released that song, Change the World. Yeah. And I remember listening to the album like, who's this guy? But I remember it being, it was legit. And I think he, he came out that year on the Music Awards. Yeah, that's when he had like seven, he won like seven Grammys that year. It was 1999? Oh no, he did uh, for Unplugged. That's when he won seven Grammys. I think he won like maybe like two or three in nineteen ninety nine. So that was kind of the end of the the TV era for most of us. Nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. But I remember there was an epic performance of Californication on the VMAs, nineteen ninety nine, by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They did a real raw cover of Californication with a different solo, and that kind of exposed. You know the John Frusciante to the world, and then he they got bigger because of that. But I remember Clapton got really big because of his pop thing, and then let's not forget. I mean, Supernatural came out that year too. Yeah, it was a it was a year for the guitar. I think 
It was, and then after that, I mean, everyone ruined it, like Limp Biscuit and all that. I mean, don't get me wrong. At that time, I was influenced by Limp Biscuit. I mean, we all have our dark side of music, and I, I'm still, you know, walking around in a little bit of shame. I had to get therapy for that, but um, <laughs> it was bad, dude. I was like, I was into like the West Borland, like, oh, this is cool, and then, and then I realized, like, in 2002, I was like, this is not cool. <laughs> like, this is terrible. <laughs> you know what happened? You know what happened? What happened? You grew up. <laughs> yeah, I can, I think I can do that. I I grew up because I, I like metal, like thrash metal. I don't like, you know that 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 metal. You know, I, I don't, don't get me around with that metal. That metal's terrible. And now you can say that you're an accomplished gent guitarist. Oh hell no! I, I wouldn't even get it. <laughs> I wouldn't even get to gent just because of the principle of it, man. The guys that represent gent are not really good. except for uh, Abasi. I think Abasi is going to be our good. Are good. Uh, he's gonna be a good representation of it just because of his innovation and his willing to not be part of a brand. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Abasi guitars are made by Schechter, just like Wild mm-hmm. Audio is for Zach Wild. But what I think Abasi brings to it, he brings to it a uniqueness of not trying to be like everyone else, not trying to be a cookie cutter. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I I can definitely see that. He seems like a really cool guy too. Yeah, he he's very like you know he uses finger styles. He uses chicken picking and he uses his own tones and he's like, this is me. This is what I do, and that I think that's what we need. People that just kind of venture into their own sound, and which is cool. And I mean, like speaking of sound, I mean, I think you know the PV fifty one fifty to sixty five oh five, because you know I'm always looking for the next amp. Like, what's my next sound? My next, you know, I'm going to get into the 2555, but that's always been kind of like the the chase. I want that amp. But I found out to dial in the tone on the PV is you put the treble at 6, the mid at 6, and the bass at 6. That's actually the brown sound, like the brown sound from Van Halen, which I thought Damn. was funny. I'm like, that, that's just clever. <laughs> <laughs> 666. I was like, oh, whoa, that thing got dialed in easily. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> That's the mark of the beast right there. It is. I'm like, man, there's these little subtle things. Like, I was thinking, wait, what? How can that be the tone? And then I realized um, with the JHS uh, Sweet Tea version 3, that's another guitar pedal. I'm sorry, guys. We kind of go into guitar tangents. But that amp is based on the JCM 800 um, Marshall sound, but it's also trying to encapsulate the brown sound from Eddie Van Halen. And if you put that thing on 666... It actually sounds exactly like his tone. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's, it's he's he was onto something. Like he was trying to kind of, I don't know. It's just funny how he dialed it in. I think you just unlocked the secret right there. You 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 unlocked a character. Like you know how like you unlock uh, levels or uh, characters in computer games. Yeah. Or or video games or yeah, computer games. I guess uh, that's what you basically did with tone. <laughs> I unlocked the tone. I was like, oh my god. So for those out there, if you're going to buy a, a, a PV amp, which they're already kind of dialed in, just 666. And if you're going to try to dial in on a Sweet Tea JHS, it's still 666. The dials are 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock. And you'll get the tone. You'll get the Eddie Van Halen tone. So food for thought. Now, we're going to kind of pivot. So the amp that the blues guys want, the Alexander Dumble. You know, very limited. We talk about Dumbo a lot on the show because I think every guitar player, no matter if you're jazz, metal, blues, rock, you want to encapsulate that tone for your blues. 
just everyone, it, all of us are guilty of this. We all want the Dumble-esque sound. So chasing Dumble-esque sound, it comes, you know, you can get it in the form of a pedal, like the Dumbleoid B from Shin Suzuki. You can get it from a lot of JHS pedals. I think he kind of has a little flavor of it in some of his stuff. But you were kind of venturing about an amp that you wanted to purchase. So what made you come to the conclusion to purchase the specific amp you want to talk about on this show? Well, um, I made the uh, aforementioned per- purchase of the Two Rock Silver Sterling Signature. And that's the amp that uh, Two Rock made, I think, about, I want to say, maybe 15, 15 years ago. I think they made, I think they only made like maybe 10 in the world. It was basically um, a glorified prototype, you know, only like a select number of, of players got to, you know, have one. And I think one recently uh, sold on Reverb for about 13000 But um, a couple of years ago, they came back and they kind of did like the Silver Sterling version 2 of it, which they feel like they got better. They got right this time. So that amp is based on the Dumble Steel String Singer used by... Um, Stevie Ray Vaughan, John Mayer, um, Eric Johnson, um, Carlos Santana. They've all owned one at least, maybe uh, they've all owned at least one in their time, in their lifetime. Uh, I think Stevie, he had Steel String Singer number two and Steel String Singer number seven. So I think uh, Dumble only made, I think, maybe eight or nine of them. Could be ten. But, um, uh, let's see. Santana, I think he has number six. He doesn't have the right. overdrive special. No, he has that. Uh, but he has, he either has or had a steel string singer of his own. You know, the, the song winning when he uses the strat, that sounds very Dumble esque. Yeah. The strat, the strat and Dumble thing is just like, they kind of go together. A lot of, a lot of the uh, steel string sing, steel string singer owners were strap players. You got Eric Johnson, Steve Ray Vaughan, John Mayer. You know, they all had that kind of strap. It, it, I think what is a big characteristic of that amp is its glassy tone. But it's not like you know um, high end sort of ice pick treble in your ear. It's glassy. It's like basically it's like a Fender amp on steroids. Okay, which makes sense because Fender, it, the headroom, it, it would break out. It kind yeah, of, exactly. Yes, it'd like to store after you pass the four. Um, and the, and ahead. then um, and then I was watching or I was listening to a podcast, uh, Dean Del Rey's podcast, Let There Be Talk, and he had uh, John Mayer on um, last year, and they were talking about the Dumble amps. So they got they got into the overdrive specials and stuff like that, and then they got into the, the steel string singer. And uh, the way Mayer elaborated on that amp was that it's very fast. So there's no sag in those amps. So if you play a note, it comes back at you. You know how like uh, if you were to play like a a Marshall or like a uh, a Tweed Deluxe, you know, it kind of has that kind of sag. It kind of it kind of sounds like the the amp's going to cave in. But when you play the steel string singer, the original, well, one of the steel string singers, in fact, I think maybe a few or maybe even all of them, they're all 150 watts. And the one I got is 100. 
and you could scale it down to 50 watts. Um, so the way he describes this amp is it's very fast and it's very unforgiving. You can't hide behind it. It's like you play the note on your guitar, your amp, and that's what's going to come out of the amp. You're, there's no like backing away from it. You know, like there, there's certain amps that, uh, that are out there that are very forgiving to the player, you know, how it kind of has that, that sag or, you know, it's the, the note definition isn't as clear. Yeah. But when it comes to the steel string singer, there's no hiding behind it. You know, if you make a mistake, everyone's going to hear it. Hmm. So it doesn't degrade. It just, it just has a, like a, has an attack to it, has a uh, presence. Yeah, I think that's what kind of to because that to that description to me is kind of like when you put a compressor on. I think, but um, when you put a compressor on, it kind of. Um, I was told that a compressor is basically like an overdrive for your clean sound. Mm, kind of, it it kind of helps either clip the note tighten it up or let it sustain as long as it could before it decays yeah so like um if you think about it i guess you could say that it's kind of like playing with a compressor on but in a way it's not because a compressor and like a a, a pedal or um an effect on a rack unit or something is totally different from um, a preamp section, a power section, and a transformer, you know. And that was the big thing, too, was uh, the transformer. Is the, the transformer in these amps are huge, you know. And uh, I think what, what else? There was another uh, kind of thing that... What kind, the, of, what kind of speakers does it demand, like the G12s or...? A lot of people, they use the Celestion G12s, but uh, Dumble, he... Um, his cabs came with EV speakers. Oh, that's a very old school Mesa thing. And Fender used EV for some point, didn't they? Because I know they did I'm, Jensen. They did Jensen and then switched it out. I'm not sure. I know they used like uh, the the old vintage uh, Fenders. They had Oxford speakers, like the the blue with the blue back. Hmm. Yeah, those are like. Um, if you can find like a um, a deluxe reverb with a, a blue Oxford speaker, those are those go for a lot of money. So what what songs can a person listen to to hear this steel string singer amplifier of Dumble or of Two Rock? Did Mayer well, record um, Continuum with that amp? You know, I think so, but there's not really a lot of um, like evidence or anything on the internet of what gear was used. A lot of people think that he used the steel string singer, but he never said it. I think if, uh, he did use it, he would have said it. I think he used mainly like, uh, two rocks, like his, the prototype for his, uh, his, um, signature. I know he used on there. I think he used a couple fenders and I, he think he used, um, the, a Dumbleland special, I think maybe. But um, if you want to hear a steel string singer, look up any uh, recent John Mayer live stuff because he has the steel string singer in that rig. And then also to look up um, anything from Stevie Ray Vaughan, 
post-1984, because I think that's when he got his steel string singer. And then you start hearing the Overdrive reverb on Santana's Shabin album. Yeah, I think those. I think the Overdrive reverbs and the Overdrive specials, they were before the Steel String Singer. They're the earlier ones. Yeah, because the Steel String Singer is like a uh, a perfected Fender. I mean, mm-hmm. essentially. Well, how Pretty exciting. Much, yeah. How exciting. So this amp, it, I'm, I'm sure you had to ponder it a lot because I know we've had this discussion probably for six to eight months now. Yeah, pretty much. Huh. Wow. That's going to sound really cool with the Picardi 594. Yeah, that, it's going to sound good with that. Um, and then also the, the Silver Sky. Uh, what else was what I going to say? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm excited to uh, to play it. You can't even speak. You're like, uh, I can't even share. <laughs> like My words are like, oh, my God. Pretty much, yeah. Like... Um, how exciting. You know, uh, Good for you, bud. Good for you. Thanks. It's going to be interesting now because, I mean, there's not a lot of people that chase the tone, and I think you've kind of chased the tone on this one. Like, seriously. You know what, you know what they say, tone is in the gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what your buddy says. What's your best friend's name? My best friend? Your, yeah, Joe Bonamassa. He's your best friend. Oh, don't get me started on that guy. He's your friend. He has your best friends. I don't know why you hate him so much, though. I wouldn't say hate. I think I, I just disagree with some of his principles. Yeah, he calls his... Okay, what's the... Okay, okay. This is weird. Okay, this is weird. So, guitar players like Pete Thorne, Joe Bonamassa. Pete Thorne's like the hired guy. And Joe Bonamassa's like the, the new blues-esque guy that just tours, has a good voice. But they always call themselves nerds or nerdville or something with nerd. I'm like, dude... Guitar, there's nothing nerdy about guitar. Like, what What are you talking about? I don't get it. Is this something I missed? Did I miss a memo? Well, I think you you think that way because you are a guitar player. That'd be like uh, someone saying um, a guy who plays football or something who's not like, you know, jockey or whatever, or whatever they, they call them, or sporty. Someone who's not like into sports or something. You know, it's like, yeah, you, yeah, you are. You play the, you play the sport, so you are sport, sporty. You know. Okay, because I kind of don't get it. I'm really trying to process it, like nerd. So if you, but nerd. if you think of it, like you know, if you're if you're talking to like somebody who's you know has no affiliation with guitar whatsoever, and they hear us talking about you know um, the differences between like an EL34 and an EL84 tube, or um, the differences between a 2020 uh, 594 versus a 20 or 2000 uh, McCarty, they're going to think, God, what a bunch of freaking nerds. Oh, in that context, I guess, I guess we are nerds when it comes to that. Yeah, we're nerds. I guess we'll call ourselves gear nerds. I mean, it's not a good, it's not a bad thing. I think it's a bad thing. Why? Why, why do you think it's a bad thing? I don't thing? know. I just think it's a bad thing. Like why, why are you calling us nerds? Like we should just well, change the word to pendejo. Like from now on, if anyone talks about guitars, call him Pendejo. <laughs> pendejo is a ter- term of endearment, folks, for those people for, who for don't gu- know what it is. For, yeah, for guitar. For guitar <laughs> aficionados. Or the, the Pendejo players. Yeah, it's like, what's up, Pendejo? Just t- just say that word, okay, guys? You see you see someone with a, freaking out about the guitar stuff, call him Pendejo. And they'll, they'll, appre- they'll appreciate it. 
I'm They'll gonna, love you. Wait till the new T-shirt comes out. Hey, pendejo. It has to be said like that too. Hey, pendejo. Like Pooner would say it. Speaking of Pooner, we should cold call him. No, no, no. He's clipped. We're cutting him from the team. No, you can't cut him from yeah, the he, team. Yeah, he, he's cut. He's clipped. He's clipped. I'm just kidding. No, nothing but love, Pooner. Nothing but love. <laughs> Fucking Michael. So we, know you're, we, know, we know you're not listening, but nothing but love. Nothing but love. <laughs> I know. Seriously. We're going to have a guest on the show pretty soon. Um, I'm going to brief you on that. So our guest coming up on the next show, he is a guitar player. And some can say that he is the original M48. Hmm. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> We're going to have number Juan on the show. And M48 is going to meet his prior. So that's gonna be a fun show. <laughs> oh, he's gonna you're gonna you're gonna like that conversation because he's the if you if me and you are the opposite spectrum of guitar, he is the triforce of that because he is the opposite of me on guitar. <laughs> he's not a blues guy, but he's more he's more on the. I don't know. He, he's different from my perspective of playing too. So it's it's gonna be a great conversation. He has a lot of knowledge on tunes, so we're gonna have him on the show hopefully next week, and it's gonna be—I think it's gonna be a fun show. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun show. I'll be like, "Hey, you're the guy I replaced." <laughs> I replaced for that one show, <laughs> and then we just made fun of you since, because <laughs> that's what guys do—make fun of each other. Because Stan yeah. Marsh is, yeah, you know how South Park is. L.A. Dodgers won the World Series. All, all I hear from the internet is about fucking time. Pretty much, yeah. After they got <laughs> cheated, after they got cheated out of two World Series. Oh man, <laughs> you know about fucking time. Good job, L.A. Dodgers. You guys did something. Nothing but love. Nothing but love. You guys still suck, but nothing but love. It's a great. It's a great uh, time for L.A. sports fans. The, the Lakers won the NBA championship, and the Dodgers won the World Series. The Dyers? The Doyers. The Doyers? Hell yeah. I'm not a Dodgers fan. I'm an A's fan. But Oh, you're an um, A's fan? That's legit, dude. A lot of people, like, they got on the bandwagon, like Pooner, um, and became Giants fans. When, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, I remember a lot of those guys were, like, originally A's fans. So, you know what? Good for you, man. Tried and true, man. You stuck with it. Yeah. I just... uh. They go. They're one of those teams that like they make it to the postseason pretty often, but they don't really go that far. I used to be a Niners fan, but um, I I stopped even being a fan of anything because it's just so much fun trolling people. I'm sorry. I, I find more joy in making fun of people. Like I always ask, "What team are you?" And I always like, "Oh, your team lost," or you know, I go the opposite. You're what you're what you're what's called a chaotic evil. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I do, dude. I just bring it up, like, "Oh, your team sucks." Your team sucks that bad. I do that with music too. You like Michael Jackson? I'm like, man, that guy sucked. I I pulled. I learned that from Pooner. Pooner taught me that. You go the what? opposite direction. <laughs> He's kind of like it's kind of like it's kind of like the Chappelle, right? Where you go get your thing printed. If if a customer comes in and say they need something printed, you say, "I'm sorry, it's on Mac." And if they say they have a Mac, you say it's on <laughs> Linux. And if they say they have Linux, you tell them your computer's just broken. And why or you would say we... it's PC? Or you say it's PC. <laughs> And they're like, well, why would you do that? Because fuck them, that's why. 
that's kind of how I, I my that's kind of how I roll nowadays. Why aren't you making people happy? Fuck them. That's why. Chaotic evil. Hell yeah. Why do we have to I be think... chaotic evil? Because fuck them. That's why. <laughs> so Fender um, started releasing these really competitive color schemes. Like they're really trying to get into that custom shop market. Like they're really trying to aim towards the the Paul Reed Smith colors. Didn't they copy? Didn't they kind of basically copy the Nebula? They copied the Nebula, yes. And they're starting to come out with more like ESPS, PRS colors, which I think is funny because they're they're finally evolving. It's like guys, you just let two companies come out of the woodworks. Like what the? It's like. It's like it's about time. It's been uh, sixty years. I know. You you should send the memo to your friends at Gibson. Those dumb fucks are still making the same shit. Uh, oh, did I say that? Ooh. Ooh, I'm sorry. Actually, there's a Gibson I do like. There's a there's a Gibson that looks like a 335. I think it's called the 135. It's a smaller body, kind of, that has the Mickey Mouse ears. That's a really uh... cool Gibson. I I do dig that one. Could be a three thirty nine too. I think it's a three thirty. Actually, three thirty nine. I think you're right. I think it's called a three thirty nine. Has like the shorter body. Yeah, it's a three thirty nine. And they're not that expensive. Yeah that's, yeah, that's a cool guitar. It looks very uh, McCarty esque. Ooh, they're not that expensive either. Like really, you're gonna, you really gonna hit cheap. one up? I'm looking at them right now. A black one looks hella cool. How many black guitars do you own? Not that many, dude. Hold on. Let me do a count. One, two, three, four. The correct answer is four. Oh, I own two. (laughs) And then when the Pete Thorne comes in, it will be five. Five. Yes, five. (laughs) Ew, this guitar is pretty. It's a pretty guitar. It looks kind of weird, though. The headstock is basi- weird. It's basically a shrunken down version of the 335. It is, huh? You know what's a good guitar, too, is the Epiphone Casino. Oh, yeah, that's a great guitar. I played one before. Really good. Re- really good sounding, too. Yeah, I think if I was gonna get a hollow body, I think or is it is it semi hollow or is it full hollow? Uh the that one's semi. Okay, so yeah, so if I were to get like a semi hollow or guitar, I'd probably get that one. That'd be legit, dude. What what's what's on the playing track? What's on what's the new tunes? The I'm listening to? Yeah, what what are you looking at this year? Oh, hell yeah. Shot in the Dark, man, by ACDC. Dude, that song was hella refreshing. It was hella dope. I listened to it, and I'm like, like, it's motivating, because they're, like, hella old, but they're, like, they're still doing them, dude. That shit was badass. For those who haven't listened to Shot in the Dark, man, the music video, it's 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 legit. Like, you're seeing, I don't know how to explain it. You're seeing the past vintage modern, man. Hella dope. Hella dope. Kudos, kudos to them, man. That's badass. Did you know that the the video, it had 2.1 million views in two days? In five seconds? Pretty, <laughs> dude. 
I'm, I'm so excited for the, the album to come out. It comes out uh, November 13th on Friday. Friday the 13th. Wow. Ooh, they, strategy. That's strategy right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely yep. going to trip out on that, man. That was hella dope. Like, hella dope. I was like, this is exciting. So I'm going to probably listen to the whole album. Looking yeah, forward been, to it. I don't know how many times I've listened to that song since it came out. It's got to be in the hundreds by now. But it's such a good song. I mean, like, ACDC are like the kings a- of that a- formula. Akadeka. Well, you can't say Akadeka because you're not from Australia. Yeah, yeah, I am. I drink Foster's. <laughs> yeah, and I put the shrimp on the Barbie. See, you just blew it right there. They don't even put shrimp on the Barbie. See, I know that. That's why I said it. I, was, I know you didn't know that, so I just threw you off guard. So, yeah, man, Akadeka, dude, they're dope. Puna would be like, you never heard of Akadaka? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Pooner gets for not joining us on the show. There's a whole bunch of Pooner slander here. So you're saying it's a Pooner slanderish world? Pretty much. And then also, um, season two of The Mandalorian comes out <laughs> this tomorrow. Friday. I'm definitely gonna watch it. And I'm gonna, I am gonna spoil it on this show. So if you don't watch the, if you don't watch the Mandalorian and you listen to this podcast, it's gonna be spoiler alert. Yeah, I'm gonna stay off uh, Twitter and Instagram tomorrow because I know people are gonna spoil it. The people that are in different time time codes. Yeah, yeah. And then it's daylight savings time this Sunday, man. I thought we voted for that shit, but apparently it didn't pass. You know. Um, why we still observe or why or why daylight savings time became a thing? Um no. It was to it was to conserve energy during the war. Uh, do you remember that, that thing where what Star Wars movie was it where it was like there ain't no war here unless you brought it? I think that was when um when Obi Wan Kenobi landed on that one thing with those weirdos. Oh, that was Revenge of the Sith. I think. Yeah, he's like, "There's no war here unless you brought it." And he's like, "They're up there staring at us. We're little bitches, and we can't defend ourselves." And Obi Wan's like, "Okay, I'm gonna act like I'm leaving. You bitches hide. Thank you." He's like somebody, he's like somebody, give me a big ass lizard. Yeah, he's like, "Give me a lizard, and give me a Foster's. <laughs> That's Australian for beer." Speaking of uh, Obi-Wan, I can't wait for that series to come out. Obi-Wan Kenobes? Yeah, you know they're going to have a standalone series with uh, Obi-Wan, right? Nope, did not know that. Yeah, they were supposed to start filming it uh, last year, I think. But then something happened with um, Disney where they said they're going to put it off for um, another year. And then COVID broke down. So I think we're looking at maybe another possible two to three years. What's COVID? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, COVID um, is this thing that's going to end on uh, November 3rd. Oh, okay. So if you don't vote, you're voting to keep COVID. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much what's going on here. Man. Fucking COVID. Damn you, COVID. Can you imagine if COVID would a song? What song would COVID be? I think it would be like any Sinead O'Connor song. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, the, that's what COVID would be. If I'll tell you, if Joe if uh if COVID was a guitar player, 
It would be Joe Bonamassa. Oh. And speaking of Joe Bonamassa, I'm going to go with the equivalents. Everyone should check out Kanye West's podcast with Joe Rogan. No, they should not. Oh, my God. That was interesting. He's that a musician. Was it was poison. I'm just like, that, he's that like was poison for the mind. He's like, I'm gonna count it for the world. I can fix every number. I'm like, whoa, whoa, buddy, 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 buddy. <laughs> Slow you roll. Did he really say that he's an accountant for the world? Uh, pretty much that so he can balance the checkbook of the world. Like he's that smart. I'm like he's a genius. He called himself a genius several times. Now, what if MJ was here? What would he say? He'd be like, yo, yay, yo, yay. I see you walking down there. You think you're all smart. You think you got that booty juice, but but you're nothing but stupid. You know, you're nothing but stupid. I think you just knock it off, okay? Jamone. Nothing but love, nothing but love. That's what he would say. I know for a fact that's what he would say. 100%. That's 100, yep. You, that's very factual. <laughs> yeah, don't even listen to that podcast. It was, I was <laughs> pissed off. I was driving with my wife, and she was so pissed. She's like, can you turn that off, please? <laughs> like, no, I need to listen to all three hours of this nonsense. It was bad, dude. I'm never listening to podcast again. It was bad. It was bad. It was terrible. It's like after you listen to that podcast, you can definitely see why him and Trump are such good friends. Oh, man. I think they're enemies right now. I don't think they're enemies. I think uh, they're still good buddies, and he's... Uh, telling people to write him in as a presidential candidate just so his buddy Trump can win. But that's a that's a topic for another podcast. Oh, splitting the vote? Yeah. I'm sure a lot of his fans will split the vote. Yeah, cuz they're dumb. <laughs> yeah, they don't understand the rules. Which they the rules need to change. But we'll leave that for our new podcast. Debuting. Instead of change Instead of change the world, it should be change the rules. <laughs> exactly. That's like a new song coming out. Change the rules. Yeah, I think Clapton should write about that one. I just hit my knee on my, my desk right here. That's musical. So cool. We have some cool things coming up. So check out our YouTube channel. We're going to try to release new content. I'm going to release free guitar lesson videos. Of stuff I know, I guess, and what other videos are good to learn cool stuff because it's all subjective. And I am also gonna take, I'm waiting for a video. I want to compare the positive grid. So, when you get the two rock, let's uh, do a tone match analysis. I'm gonna record your two rock through the microphone mm-hmm. and I'm gonna sample it through the through the digital audio workstation and I'm going to send it to the positive grid and we're going to see how close digital can copy amps. Well, I think it can, it can get pretty close, but what's going to change or is what's going to air, be different the air being is pushed. the feel. Yeah. The air being pushed and the feel underneath the fingers. Cause yep. that's, that, that's my, uh, my thing with digital. Did, I like, I like playing through digital. There's nothing wrong with it. It just I prefer playing through an actual amp because it, it just um, it um, it pushes what's air. What's the word? It pushes air, but it um, what's the word? It uh, excites me. It influences me. Yeah, digital is just loud. But you're right. 
Um, that's why I like using the live amps because it just pushes. You're like, oh my god, you can feel the power. That's why we got to put the Marshall too. I want I want to connect that bad boy sooner rather than later, so we can hear how loud it is and how far it can be heard in Livingston. We're gonna actually measure this. So when you do your uh, guitar lessons on YouTube, are you gonna wear a fedora too? You have to. That's part of the starters pack. <laughs> you have to wear like some loud uh, short sleeve button up shirt. You gotta have like a a, a soul patch is optional. Soul no. patch is optional. I'm gonna have a soul patch. And, and then the a fedora. No, I'm gonna have a soul patch. You gotta have a soul patch. Alright, you're going with the soul patch, all right? Yeah. Gonzo is, I'm gonna Gonzo really, is officially going oh, with the soul patch. He, here's another catch. My lessons are not gonna be in English. They're gonna be in Spanish. Oh, so I get to learn Spanish too. Yes. I'm not gonna do any of my lessons in English. They're all gonna be in Spanish. Nice. Yeah, because there's gonna... there's not a lot of videos on YouTube that are in Spanish for guitar. Hmm, that's interesting. I mean, the yeah, def- the market's already saturated, so I might as well help <laughs> go to the market that's not. I think you would be doing the world a big favor. I think so. And I have more, I mean, I have more notoriety. Notoriety? Notoriety? I can't even <laughs> say that word. God, gosh Notar- darn it. No- that's going on a shirt i'm printing it tonight dude I'm printing it tonight <laughs> if you're ready to print shirts man you got some shirts to be printing you got Hell some yeah. shirts to be printing dude yep, it's uh it's hey, dude, almost christmas time gets, so uh, guitar center is clearancing out a lot of their shit dude you might want to look at their stuff oh yeah they're um, they're price dropping everything dude yeah, I was looking at um, some interfaces. What? I have an interface. Just buy mine. Nah, I don't want to buy it from from that guy. Yes, you do. It would be cheap. <laughs> yeah, I heard. I heard. I heard he. I heard he gyps people. <laughs> from who? Aaron, the guy that steals cables and doesn't bring it back. <laughs> Episode twenty-four, where we tell the truth about Pooner Studios and Wolf Dan Burgers. They're delicious. You should eat them. Yes, you should. They're very good. They're hella good. Yeah, um, we need to plug them, like do an actual plug. Well, when we do our next podcast uh, at Wolf Den, we'll be sure to plug them and hopefully get get some some exposure. Oh, dude, those burgers are good. They just have, uh, they're open, they vary the times they're open, but they're really good. I mean, I thought it was really spot on if you want that, like, <clears throat> diner-esque which is not very, it's not found very much. Because, I mean, you got your In-N-Out burgers, you got your Red Robin. But this this burger was different. It, it's that classic, that classic style. So, food for thought. Literal, literal, literal food for thought. <laughs> A figurative food for thought. Episode 24, final thoughts besides food. Listen to Nirvana, the Black Album. Any words for the future? Uh, well, let's see. Words for the future. Um, if you haven't voted, vote in person. Because if you uh, if you're uh, going to vote by mail, it's probably not going to be counted. So, uh, vote in person and wear a mask. Wear a mask. Vote in person. Don't forget to buy merch that we haven't put on our website yet. Because I'm not good at coding, but I'm working on it. Episode 24 is brought to you by Kellogg's, the only breakfast cereal for you. I'm
just kidding. No, we're not. Fuck you, Kellogg. Peace.